Get connected to the most influential prophet of our times by simply subscribing to Major One Connect, a user-friendly mobile application where you watch Prophetic Channel 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Simply download, install, and subscribe. On this app, you will get your personalized prayer for healing, breakthrough, and salvation messages. Enjoy the amazing features of Major One Connect from wherever you are around the world. Available on both Android and iOS. Do you need a prayer for healing, breakthrough? Pray along with Major One. Distance is not a barrier. Connect in faith as you witness God's healing power. Receive your healing. Listen to Major One, the most influential prophetic voice, and get inspired with unique revelations now. Major One Connect. Now, say after me the revivals of the Holy Spirit. All right, they are, they are revivals. Now, the word revival has been used for so many preachers and so many people. But the word revival must not be misunderstood with anything else strange or special. It's quite important to have an understanding of such type of secrets as a child of God. Well, you must understand that there are things the Holy Spirit brings that you must understand. Because if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, the Holy Spirit in you, but you don't know how to use the Holy Spirit or what he does on a person, then there's no reason for you to have the Holy Spirit. It is important to understand the use of a gun before the enemy comes. Because when the enemy comes, and you know what to do with the gun, you will know how to defend yourself with the gun. Or else, you're going to take the gun and, and point yourself thinking you're shooting the enemy. So we have so many Christians. The Holy Spirit is inside of them. Trust you me, he is right in you. The Holy Spirit, he is right in you. He is there. But the problem is how to use him. <laughs> Alos. Alos paracretos. So it's important to have understanding when he is in you. What does he do? As I said, he brings revivals. Not revival. Revivals. The word revival does not exist anywhere in the whole New Testament. There is no verse speaking of revival. And, shockingly, the word revival has only been used five times in the Old Testament. But also, not the word revival. In other words, the word revival does not exist in the Bible. But there are some scriptures in the Bible which are talking of revival, but not the word revival itself. So, first of all, what is revival? Now, revival... It is something 
that was living died and is coming back to life. So when we say there's a revival, it means there was no life. And life has appeared. So when you say, oh, my, I thought my dog died. But it seems my dog is reviving. What am I trying to talk about? What are you saying? There's life. So the word revival simply connects with life-giving. Now, the Holy Spirit, he's an expert. Wherever the Holy Spirit touches, life appears. I think I think I have somebody here who is getting this message right. To have a handshake with somebody full of the Holy Ghost and your love to remain the same. Because the Holy Ghost is contagious. If you have Ebola and you touch somebody, you leave Ebola with the person. Because Ebola is contagious. And the Holy Ghost is contagious more than Ebola. He can be shared right here. You can feel what I'm feeling right now. Oh, Marado Sopra Edigova. You see, I can stand here and I can feel something in the spirit. And I can transfer to you and you can feel the same vibrations. You can feel the same. I can feel a movement. And I can transfer the way you are. And you can actually feel a physical movement on your body. Because it is contagious. So when the Holy Spirit is in you, he is contagious. Now, being a contagious spirit, life-giving spirit, being a contagious spirit, then we need to transfer what is in us and bring life to something. That's what is called revival. Now, there are five types of revivals. Some of after me, five types of revivals. So, there are five types of revivals. And what are these revivals? So, the first thing we must understand and talk about is, as I said before, you must understand the word revival. So, as I said, there are five types of revivals. As I said, revival simply means... Something that was dead, experiencing life. You see, there was a time, or there is this common statement in Pentecostal preachers. There's revival in the city. We are praying for revival. Yet, they don't even know the meaning of revival. Revival you see, somebody told me, he was like, oh my God, I was watching you on TV. There is a revival in Pretoria. People are so hungry for God. Oh my God. South Africa's blessed. And this is a South African preacher. 
And I told him, I said, okay. I said, people are hungry for the word. I said, why are they not hungry in your church? I said, it's not about the hunger that people have. It's not about what you think of revival. I said, let me tell you something. He said, speak to me. I said, listen. It's not the hunger people have for God. People are hungry worldwide. Trust you me. All they want is just show them the way. Show them the way. So I want you to understand where I'm going with my topic. Revival simply means something that died and life has come upon it. So if the city is dead spiritually, all of a sudden everybody in the city is talking about God, then there is revival in that city. Okay. It's not necessarily spiritually only, as I said. People think revival, then when people are speaking tongues and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working, then the revival. No. Actually, that's wrong. I'm going to teach you what is revival. As I said, each one of you, when you, you gave your life to Jesus, for you to be born again, it took the Spirit of God to come in you. You confessed with your mouth, I am accepting Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Immediately you did that, your life was transfigured. The biggest problem we have is acceptance. Where you should accept that you are transfigured. Most Christians, when they get saved, they still think they are who they were before coming to Jesus. But actually, you were transfigured spiritually. You are changed, transformed. You have the same voice, same name, same face, but there is a difference in the spirit. What is the difference? The difference is you are born of flesh and blood. But this time around, you are born of the spirit. You are born again. You were a man without authority, but now you are a man of authority. You are born of the kingdom. Now, in your mind, you must start thinking, I have got God. You see, there are people who they don't have God. That's why when somebody is fighting me, whether in the media or anywhere else, I begin first to check them in the spirit who they are. When I see they are not saved, I stand up and say, this is a war between somebody without God and somebody with a God. I got God in my life. I have God in me. He is my king. And we are in a kingdom and our king is Jehovah. Somebody say yes. Yes. We are not people without God in the world. We have God as our king. So when you are saved, this knowledge must be in you. You must start seeing yourself that now I have got a king who is my father and who is my friend. He is your father. He is your friend. He is your king. He is your God. He is your everything. Begin to think like a person of the kingdom. In our kingdom, we have got angels. 
In our kingdom, we have got 24 elders. Oh, yes. In our kingdoms, there are thunders and lightnings. Oh, yes. In our kingdoms, we control the air. Oh, yes. In our kingdom, we control the oxygen. Oh, yes. In our kingdom, we have got power. Oh, yes. Power, power. Oh, yes. In our kingdom, demons tremble. Hey. In our kingdom, there is healing. Oh, yes. In our kingdom, there is deliverance. Oh, yes. The moment this information is in you of who you are and where you are, that is the transformation we are talking about, which most Christians don't have. They are born against, but they don't think in that way. They don't think in the kingdom thinking. So they keep on thinking like just a normal human being. You are not. When you are walking, you know who you are. Wherever you go, you know where. Don't, don't, don't behave like you're trying to please God to make God love you. He loves you. Don't behave like, I want to I wanna, I wanna be so close to God. I want to pray in this way to be so close to God. You are already in Him. He is in you. So the enemy will keep on reminding you that you're a failure. You say God is far from you. He's not. He lives in you and you live in him. He will never abandon you. So when you have this information, the kingdom information, in our kingdom, you see, that's why when, when there is a sickness, you know what to do. If the enemy is trying to hit you, you know what to do because you are in a kingdom. Oh my God, I feel like I'm talking. Someone, you must have that mindset. <laughs> I am, oh my God, there is, you see, when I'm in a big problem, where I feel like right now the enemy is so strong on me, there is this in me. You see, there is this confidence in me that tells me that, you see, you see you are in the kingdom of God. Your king is aware of the matter. Oh, yes. Hey, say after me. My king is aware of my matter. Do you understand? That's what the Bible says. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. The Bible didn't say the truth shall make you free. Uh-uh. There's no scripture. Which is the truth shall set you free. It says you shall know it. Then if you shall know it, it shall now make you free. So the question is, do you know the truth? If you don't know the truth, no matter how you may say, I want the truth to make me free, it wants to make you free. Because you must know the truth, and the truth that you know is what shall make you free. Oh, yes. What is the truth that you know? I am in him, he is in me. Oh, yes. What is the truth you know? Greater is he who is in me oh, than yes. he who is outside. What is the truth you know? In our kingdom, there is a king. His oh, yes. name is Yahweh. Oh, he rules over us. Oh, we yes. are the sheep of his pasture. Yes. He is the king of glory. Shalomay, somebody. Woo. The truth you know. Now, if you don't know it, you'll be behaving like, like a beggar. Well, you need God's attention somehow. You'll be like, 
I think, no, don't behave like that. You see, you'll be praying prayers when you don't know the truth. You'll be praying prayers like, like you see, you'll be saying to God, Oh, Father, um, who am I in your presence? Uh, I'm like a cockroach before you. Boy. I don't do those type of prayers. The Bible says we should approach his throne boldly. <laughs> we approach his throne boldly. For we have the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Oh, yeah. He is our Father. Hey. We talk to Him. When oh, I'm yeah. praying, I see Him. And I'm talking to the Father. Somebody say yes. Yes. Now, so, now we are in the same, we're on the same page, right? Now, let, let, let me continue now about revivals. Mm. Now, 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 I have the word of the Lord and shout to you and, you and I just reminded who you are. And never forget who you are. Never. You see, when you, when you see debts, problems, what, and look at yourself as a big champion. And look at the problem from the mountain top. So, okay. The Bible says, when they, when they rise against the rushes, the Lord laughs. Oh, yes. The Bible says, when the enemy rises against the rushes, the Lord laughs. For he knows their end is near. So, the biggest secret I'm trying to bring here is, you must first of all know who you are. You have the Holy Spirit, right? Now, what happened on you to have the Spirit of God on you is what is called revival. There is a revival on you. Something touched you. That it has made you to be here. And what touched you? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says, nobody comes to me. This is Jesus. Nobody comes to me except the Father caused them. So you wouldn't be here if the Father in heaven did not make the executive decision. It took an executive order. Oh, yes. I receive. There was an executive order in the throne room where the king of glory he mentioned your name that you must be here tonight. Oh, yes. Now, the Holy Spirit was instructed go and rub that person. You were rubbed on. The Holy Spirit began to speak to you. Go to church right now. Don't take it for granted. When you keep on coming to church, when you keep on coming, don't take it for granted. 
Because some were in church also before, but they are not with us. What is keeping you here is the Holy Ghost. Never forget that. Never. Never forget it. So when the Holy Ghost is in a person, he brings five kinds of revivals. Number one, financial revival. Some say financial revival. You see, you can have the whole city, everybody jumping with the Bible, Rabba, Sora, Deke, Pranika, everyone. But if there's no financial revival, watch for that city. Three years or five years later, what was called the revival, they want to be revival, and it becomes a history. Because they did not know and understand what is revival. Revival comes in fivefold. The first way revival comes before any other revival is financial revival. I can foresee a financial revival in this church. Now, when we say revival, when we say in the city there is a revival, we mean everybody. If we say there's a spiritual revival, we mean that city, almost everybody is, is full of the Holy Ghost. When we say financial revival, we mean everybody. He is full of finances. Yes. You have never seen a revival that is about to envelop this church. I receive. It's a revival. Revival. You need a financial revival. I'll show you just now. Joel chapter 2, from verse 21. All right? Now I want you to see this secret. Okay, let's go to verse 28 first. Okay? Verse 28 first. And it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. What a revival. That's revival. When you say revival, it's not only on one person. It says on all flesh. He will pour his spirit on all flesh. What's going to happen? It says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Is that not a revival? It's a revival. But I got a problem right here. Before that revival, the Bible says afterward, afterward. Now go back to the scripture, verse uh, 28. And it shall come to pass afterward. Does a statement start like that? If you meet a person, he, he greets you, then he says, and it shall come afterward. Does that make sense to you? After what? There's a question in there. After what? So that scripture is telling you that there are scriptures prior to that scripture. That God will only do the pouring of the spirit after what is not mentioned has happened. Now from verse 21, the Bible is explaining 
what will happen first, the first revival that he's going to put upon the church. When he has put this revival upon the church, then he will pour his spirit of prophecy. People begin to prophesy. People begin to see visions. But before this, there will be the first revival, which is the financial revival, which is from verse 21. Now, go to verse 21. Now, from verse 21, it says, Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Araba supradika. Marate soparako. See, the Lord will do. Preach, daddy. The word is prophesying right here. Oh, yes. The Lord is going to do great things. Do you know what's a great thing? The Lord will do great things. What are these great things? Tell us that. I want somebody in this room tonight. Oh, yes. For the first time ever. Oh, yes. The Lord must perform a great thing. Oh, yes. Now, watch the scripture. The word of the Lord says what? Fear not. If you are passing through any situation, fear not. If somebody is giving you stress, fear not. For the Lord shall do. He shall do great. Bara bara katuya rakwabe rado sopra garitos. Daddy. Get by the scripture. It says, fear not. Fear not. I don't care what you had. Oh, yes. I don't care what the doctor told you. Oh, yes. Fear not. For the Lord shall do great things. Verse 22. Sit down. Verse 22. What the Bible saying? Verse 22. The Bible says what? Be not afraid. Mm, you beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Wait. You didn't hear that one. It says even just you beasts of the field. You see the prophet Joel is addressing the people of Israel. As beasts of the field. Beasts of the field is livestock. He says, don't worry. You will not lack pasture. If you want anything from the desert. From the desert. The Lord will bring forth pasture. He will bring forth food in the desert. Meaning, where there cannot be food. Food shall appear. You didn't hear this. Where there was no blessings, a blessing shall appear. Oh, yes, daddy. where there was no way, oh, yes. a way shall appear. Oh, yes. Now, watch this. Watch this. Is not spiritual um, revival. I'm gonna show you just now. Verse 23 NIV. Verse 23 NIV. In NIV of 23, the Bible says, Be glad, O people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the autumn rains in righteousness. He sends you abundant showers. 
both autumn and spring rains as before. Wait, that has nothing to do with your spiritual tongues or anything. He's telling you that there'll be rain. Listen, when God is saying he will send rain, he's dealing with something here. I'll give you pasture. I'll give you food. Crops, they will grow in the land. But he's telling you the source. So the source of the fields to grow, it is what? Rain. So I will not just give you food, but I'll give you the source of the food. What is the source of the food? Rain. Imagine if that verse was written in the 21st century where we are. I will give you, I will give you contracts. I will give you tenders. No, you are not understanding. I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, I receive, daddy. Let's watch this. Now, now, let me continue. Let me continue. You, you'll be shocked. Just a few verses from there, you'll be shocked. Now, he says, I will give you, I'll give you sauce. I'll give you what? Rain. For the sake of the fields. He says, I will do it. Now go back to the scripture. Now go back to the verse. Now go, go, go verse 24. I like 24. It says what? The threshing floors will be filled with grain. Imagine if that scripture was written in the 21st century. Do you know what, what, what that is? It's a storehouse. And in those days, they were keeping money in commodities. So a rich person was the one with commodities. Do you understand? Their money was their grain. Wheat. Until today, wheat is the most expensive commodity. If they can tell to supply wheat in a country, you're gone. Now, God is dealing with the storehouse. He says, your storehouse will be filled with what? With grain. But our, our sanctuary, we, we don't deal with wheat. We deal with the money. Yes. Now wait. Our storehouses of money are banks. Oh yes. So that scripture could read your bank accounts. Oh yes, daddy. Uh, you are not understanding. Major, 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 major. Daddy. That scripture could read your bank accounts will oh, be yes. filled with just sit down for a moment. Someone said financial revival. Financial revival. Joel chapter 2. I like to the four. Says what? The threshing floors will be filled with grain. This was written for the people of Israel, telling them that, you see, your, your threshing uh, uh, floors, where you keep your, your grain, they'll be full of grain. I don't keep grain. I don't. So, in this sanctuary, yeah. 
Meta, 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 meta. Do it, daddy. Receive financial revival. I receive. Sit down. Sounds a financial revival. Financial revival. You'll be shocked. <laughs> Wait. Let's continue. Now go back to the scripture. Go back to the verse. Your threshing flows will be filled with grain. The vats will overflow with new wine and oil. Do you know what, what, what vats are? Now give me message translation. I want to show you something. Now let's go to, to message translation. And plenty of food for your body. Cyrus, full of grain. You know a mess silo? Other quite silo. You know a mess silo? These are where, where you keep grain. All right? Your, your silos, full of grain. Now, I, I don't, I don't in, in our central, we don't keep money in silos. Now, I just want to look at that. Say, full of grain. Casks of wine and barrels of olive oil. Okay. Do you understand? In those days, they were keeping oil in a big... They, they were making something like a pot. It's a big pot where they were keeping the oil. That was their money. You are, if you have that, you keep your oil in, in those and you've got... Uh, silos where you keep your grain, then you are rich. When someone wants anything, they will come to you and buy from you. There were no banks. So if you have got money, you would, you would take your money and buy oil like that woman of alabaster. The Bible says she kept her money in the alabaster oil. For whole year, the whole year, all her earnings went into the and went into an investment of oil. And she kept her money into the alabaster oil. So in those days, you would keep your money in oil or in grain, for there were no banks. Now, God is saying, I'm going to give you to a level where buy. There'll be an overflow. Wait. The scripture is continuing. All right? The bombers continuing. I'll make up. This is not spiritual. These are earthly blessings. We're going to see some scriptures shortly. I will make up. Wait. That one doesn't look like nice until we go to King James Version. In the King James Version, it's not I will make up. I will restore. I will restore to you what? The years. What years? That the locust demons have eaten. Oh, yes. Have wasted for you. Oh, yes. Marakatuje. The canker worm. The caterpillar, the palm worm, my great army with a son among you, I will restore. Not, not what you lost in the years, but I will restore to you the years. Oh, yes. 
The year you were supposed to be a millionaire. Oh yes, daddy. He will restore it to you. I receive. Sit down. Do we have somebody here who's, who says, you know, there was a time I almost, you know, did something big. You see how we are dealing with the demon of almost. Oh yes. God will just bring back that year in front of you. Karabasu Every year you lost. I receive. Every year you wasted. Oh yes. The Lord is restoring to you. I receive. Now sit down. I will restore to you the years when there's a financial revival in the church. <laughs> oh my God. Go back to scripture. Go back to scripture. Verse 26. The Bible says, and you shall eat in plenty. Wait. Is that spiritual revival? And you shall eat in plenty. Do you know the meaning of eating in plenty? This is when you eat in your house uh, uh, pap and spinach. Plenty on the table. You don't know where to touch. This revival is coming to you. Receive it. I receive. You see, when you are, when you are reading your Bible, sometimes you become too spiritual that you end up losing the physical blessings. God wants you to eat in plenty. On the table, you see, there is um, uh, imported uh, Levi, if you know Levi. Speak, daddy. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> it's a special tender part of steak. Preach me, They don't serve to anybody in the, in the restaurant. If you go and, and test that one, you'll be like, oh, now I know what Papa was talking about. You speak in other tongues. Come on, mate. They prepare it in a nice way. You, you say you shall eat and in plenty and shall be satisfied. No, they didn't say in plenty. You can eat in plenty. So much uh, pap and so much meat. That's what the plenty of Satisfied. Where you are satisfied, not full. But you are like, yeah, I think there is no any other life after this. This is the maximum of eating nice. This revival, the church is forgetting it. But God showed me. He said to me, he said to me, when you go to church, those who will be watching, they will experience this revival. I receive. I'm a prophet. I know what I'm talking about. Oh, yes. Now the Bible says you shall eat in plenty and be what? Satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God. Wait, sit down. 
And the praise what? Until today, you have not eaten something that after eating you praise God. Go and eat the bai, you will see. You'll be like, oh, Shara, hallelujah, Masuk, Canada. Major Provovo. You just eat and go. He says, you shall eat in a plenty to a level whereby you begin to see where you're coming from. And you begin to, to remember. Continue the verse. You will begin to remember the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. You begin to say, but God, I'm eating like this. He says, you shall praise the name of your God who has done a wonderful thing oh, yes. for you to eat like that. Oh, yes. Praise daddy. We hear you, Papa. If you have eaten a variety, when you have gone out to a restaurant or a hotel, your house will be a five-star hotel. Your kitchen. Wait, this is in the Bible, eh? <laughs> are you seeing? After this, then we are going there. After these things, when they have happened to you, then God will pour a spirit upon you and will begin to prophesy. Now you want prophecy. Let's go back first. And claim the financial revival. Oh, yes. When you eat nice, you will see visions clear. Yes, daddy. Reach my father. Not, not, not you are hungry, you just ate KFC and that so and, and it's something, something, something. And father, I want a vision. The only thing you'll be seeing are your problems. Stress. But you eat in plenty. You are satisfied. You even praise God. Just close your eyes to see if you begin to see visions. No, but this is the truth. This is the truth. This is what? The truth. There is a revival that the church is jumping. The church is trying to be so spiritual. And the thing, you see, we just go there. Hey, hey, I see the Holy Ghost. Wait. I've said before, any revival that does not come with the financial blessings does not go far. Does not. I can show you in the Bible. The churches that were sustained and the Paul talked about them because they were financially stable. He even writes about them. Now, go back to the verse. And you shall eat in the plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. That has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be ashamed. I like it in NIV. 
shall never, in NIV, it says, and never again would my people be ashamed. Be shamed. Never. He said, I would do something. I would do great things. That you, his people, this is a revival. A revival. He says, you see, a revival whereby this one is rich, this one, that one, and they're in the house of the Lord speaking in tongues. This one is rich, that one is a revival. You will never ever again be put to shame. I receive. Allow me to talk about prosperity, right? And now we have people who be, they'll be watching on TV like, oh, why is he talking about prosperity? Is this your microphone? <laughs> Seriously? Do, do we at any day talk about your pastor? It's simple. If, you see, if, so, so, if you're feeling like this thing is offending you, open your own church where you will talk what you want to talk. Oh, yes. Otherwise, if you follow men of God to criticize them, you are a monitoring spirit. I command you, come out! <laughs> Hear me? There are people that just go on TV just to criticize. You are a demon, you. Those who are receiving, receive it! Receive. Now watch. Go back to the scripture. Now, 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 you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full. And you praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be ashamed. Remember the restoration of years. He shall restore all the years which the demons had eaten. He shall give you in plenty. He shall make your banks to overflow. Now, verse 27. My God. Then you will know that I am in Israel. That I am the Lord your God. And that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. Wait. Verse 28 now. Look at this. And afterward. Stop. Sit down. Major provoker. Now, preachers, they just start from afterward. I'll pour out my spirit. No. I will remove the shame. I will give you in plenty. Afterward, I will pour out my spirit. This is, this is predestination. The Bible says, for those he foreknew, he what? He what? For prepared, predestined. For what? So every person here, before God called you, these things happen in the spirit. There was restoration. 
there was giving you prosperity and you were revived. You received Jesus. Now, that you have received Jesus, in the realm of the spirit, we don't move forward. Do you understand? We start from here, we go backward. That's why the Hebrew writing, you don't write from left to right. You start from the end to the beginning. Ah, you're slow. Come on, Mazer! In your writing, you start from left to right. Hebrew, they don't write from left to right. They start from right. The end of the page, they write going to the beginning. That's what the Bible says. For those he called, he what? Now give me, give me Romans 8. Just give me Romans 8 from verse 28. I want to show you something. Romans 8 from verse 28, right? I want to show you this. And, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the code according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. Stop there first. Calling is number three. For those who foreknew, predestinate, and called. Now, where you are, what do you think you are? You are called by God, right? Now, most Christians, we start from where we are called, and we continue. For those he called, he did what? According to the same scripture. For those he called, and whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. Now, most Christians, when we are called, all we want is what? Justification. What is justification? Forgiveness of sin. So when you are born again, what do you think is, <clears throat> I want to be forgiven, then glorification. I want a miracle, I want a testimony, you want glorification. But you are forgetting that actually calling is number three. There are two behind you. Predestination and foreknowledge. For those he predestinate, he foreknew, then he called. Now you understand from the calling, justification, glorification. You must go back first when you are called. Go back to the predestination. Wanted he to predestinate means to for prepare. What was I for prepared for? There is already a predestination, a for preparation that if you are in debt, this will be a solution. If you are sick, this will be a solution. That's predestination. There was there was a problem and an, an answer. After that, he foreknew, which is foreknowledge. He knows you in advance. He knows your future. He knew there will be a time you will meet Major One. He knew foreknowledge. After that, he called you. Now, when you are called by God, don't move forward. Go back to predestination. Then foreknowledge. Then back to your calling. Then you continue. So, the journey in the spirit, we don't start from where we are to next level. We start from where we are. We go back. Now the Bible says, afterward, I will pull out my spirit. Afterward, which means before, go back. What does he say? There will be a financial revival. 
you have plenty, even the fields, the fields. He says, even in the desert, there shall be glass springing you forth. He says, I will, pull, I will do great things. I will remove the shame from you. I will give you restoration. When I'm done with this, I will pour out my spirit. You'll, you, then there will be prophecy. The Bible says when they ate and they were full, they prophesied. So I'm seeing it. It's so clear of the financial revival about to hit this ministry. One by one, millionaires will begin to spring forth. I'm seeing a financial revival than never before. There is a revival coming. I receive. It's a revival. I financial receive. revival. Receive it. I receive. Sit down for a moment. Financial what? Five. Now, so if you are here and nothing seems like moving well, all you need is what? Financial revival. Let me give you two more scriptures. Can I? Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Now, watch this. You see, people will be like, no, when they were praying in the book of Acts, they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and they began to speak in tongues. There was revival in the city. Wait, there was no revival in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3 and chapter 4, that's where the whole revival happened, where miracles happened. From Acts chapter 3, the beautiful gate, the healing, chapter 4. Or for all those miracles that the Apostle Paul, I mean Apostle Peter and, and other apostles performed. Before that happened, God made sure there was a financial revival. In Acts chapter 2, verse 43, the Bible talks of a revival. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44. Hmm. It says, and all that believed we are together and had all things. If one has got a Lamborghini, another one a Lamborghini too. They had all things in common. No, continue. It says what? Verse 45. And sold their possessions and goods. They even went into real estate. There was buying and selling of goods. They brought the money into the kingdom. They financed and brought the money. Wait, 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 wait. Pardon them to all men as every man had need. Are you here? Now, go back to 44. Now, in 44, in message translation, I like how message says on, on this one. And all that what? Lived in a wonderful harmony, holding everything in common. That's a revival. Now, that's a revival. They had all things in common. There was no rich and poor in their midst. It says if there was one poor, the rich ones could sell some of their properties. 
and give the other poor one. You hear that? Uh, how many are following? Come on, how many are following? Now, go back to verse 40, 43. Now, no, 44. 44. Now, 44, I'm going to give you first in good news. Good news. All the believers continued together in close fellowship and shared their belongings with one another. Now, NIV. Hey, hey, hey. All the believers were together and had everything in common. 45. Selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had a need. You where you are. Can you sell anything to give a neighbor? That's the only thing you have right now. I'm, I'm foreseeing this revival coming to this church. I receive. Too much finances. I believe in a financial breakthrough. I know. You see, when God says, do you know that the Israelites were not laid out of Egypt until the they had a financial what? And they had a financial revival. Do you know that? God said to them, you will borrow to every Egyptian gold, silver, any precious thing. Take it from Egyptians. The moment you take them, leave the country. Yes! Exodus 3, verse 21. Exodus Exodus 3 verse 21. And I will give these people favor. I'll give them favor in the sight of Egyptians. I'll give them favor in the sight of companies. In the sight of business. I'll give them favor in the sight of their bosses. Now you didn't understand this. In the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall come to pass that when they go, you shall not go empty. Tell you about I will not go empty. Now, go back to scripture. Go back to verse. The Bible says what? And oh, now give me message translation. And I'm gonna show you in also in ROT. Now, I will see to it. My God, if God is saying. I will make sure. I will see to it. I will see to it that these people get a heart sent off. A heart sent off by the Egyptians. When you leave, you won't leave empty-handed. Is that a spiritual revival? It's not a spiritual revival. It says, I will make sure. Wait. Let me show you New Living translation. In the New Living, and I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go. 
so you will not leave empty-handed. Any office you enter, they'll give you somewhere to sign. I receive. Now, go down. They're the following scripture. Right, just go down. Just go down. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from fallen women in their houses. You will dress your sons and your daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. Did you hear that? Imagine that even your children will be wearing gold and silver. It says you will remove their wealth. Now, give me a message translation on the, on the same one. Right. Give me a message, translation. Each woman will ask her neighbor and any guest in her house for objects of silver and gold, for jewelry and extra clothes. You put them on your sons and daughters. Oh, you clean the Egyptians out. Time is now. <laughs> oh, wicked people. Oh, yes. Say they'll be cleaned out. They'll be cleaned out. 